Good morning. Welcome to Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church for worship today. On Easter 6, the sixth Sunday after Easter, in our gospel lesson, we'll continue where we left off last week with Jesus saying that he is the vine and we are the branches. We'll begin with our opening hymn number 144. 154. Continue on page 15 in the very front portion of your red hymnal. Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil, and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Father has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord.
Our first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9. We see here an example of remaining in Christ's love. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing good deeds and acts of charity. At that time, she became sick and died. After they had washed her, they laid her in an upstairs room. Since Lydda is near Joppa, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him who urged him, Come to us without delay. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping, and showing him the robes and clothing that Dorcas made while she was still with them. After Peter sent them all outside, he got down on his knees and prayed. Then he turned toward the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. After he, after he called the saints and the widows, he presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We continue with our psalm from today, Psalm 98, as found on page 103. Chapter 4, Love for One Another. John writes, 
Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. You are from God, dear children, and you have overcome the false prophets, because the one in you is greater than the one in the world. They are from the world. That is why they speak from a worldly perspective, and the world listens to them. We are from God. The one who knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And this is how we can distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love has not known God, because God is love. This is how God's love for us was revealed. God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, so that we may live through Him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us so much, we also should love one another. Our theme verse is printed for you there. Alleluia, alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Hallelujah. Please rise for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel reading from John chapter 15, Friends, Love One Another. Jesus speaks, As the Father has loved me, so also I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you hold on to my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have held on to my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy will continue to be in you, and that your joy would be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you continue to do the things I instruct you. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because everything that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will endure, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. These things I am instructing you, so that you love one another. This is the Gospel of our Lord Jesus. Confession of Faith, as found on page 18 in the very front portion of your red hymnal, the Nicene Creed. Page 18. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You may be seated for our next hymn as printed in your service.
dear fellow Renine, what is essential or natural, and what does this mean? It sounds difficult to wrap your mind around, perhaps at first, and especially in those terms, what is essentially different about Christianity? What is the essence, the, the heart and core, that sets this faith we follow apart from everything else? We might look at what John says and what John records, Jesus saying, This is my command, a new command I give to you, love one another. And perhaps we would hold on to that. And think to ourselves, here it is, I've, I've found it. Love one another as Jesus loved us. So all that we need is to cling to that love the way that Jesus clung to us, to demonstrate that love to one another as Jesus demonstrated his love to us, as Jesus would go on to say, remain in my love. If you remain in my love, then my Father will listen to you and hear your prayer, and we will have this love that we share. Is that the essential difference of Christianity? It's an appealing thought. And frankly, the world could use a lot more Christian love. The Christian who understands what love truly is, the Christian who loves for the right purposes and the right reason, who does what is best for the other, first and foremost. Rather than getting caught up in an emotion of love, the emotion of love is driven to action, no matter how deserving the object of that action may be. It's the same question that we've considered numerous times before. What's the relationship between, between faith and love? What's the relationship between faith and what we do? Because Jesus has some very strong things to say when he says, if you do not remain in my love, and if you do not keep this love among you, then my truth is not in you. So what is essential to Christianity? The truth, the reality that we have to hold on to, no matter what. John tells us today. And he asks us to consider it for ourselves. What is essential and natural? And what about interpretation? He writes, Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. And there we have it again. And there we have it again. Almost as though God is love and if we love God and we remain in His love, then we've got it. We've got, we've got this kernel of truth that gives life to the church. We've got this one idea and concept and action that sets Christians apart from everybody else. And indeed, you can find examples of that throughout, throughout history. The Christians and their, their love for God and their love for one another. The Christians who would go out and rescue the babies that had been abandoned and left to die. And the pagan Romans wondering, who are these people? And why do they do that? And why do they care? Love. 
But is that the difference? These Christians, whose love for God was so great that they thought it better to die in the arena, singing, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. Who thought it better, in Peter's case, to be crucified upside down than forsake his Jesus. Why? Because a life of walking with Christ had taught him what love for Christ really looks like. And looking at him, or thinking of the other examples that might come to mind, we would say, yes. Yes, love is important, and it really does set the Christian apart from an outside, outside appearance. These Christians who love for no other reason, who love even when, or especially when, that's the more difficult path. When it would be easier to just say, well, not my circus, not my monkeys. And it's probably, probably a better outcome that it happens now than, than all the, the time and the effort invested into keeping this person alive. And what about quality of life? Love. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so also I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you hold on to my commands, you will remain in my love. So what is the relationship between faith and love? And I would ask, do we talk too much about faith so much so that when we talk about love, the way Jesus does here and John writes here, that we might think John and Jesus are just a little too un-Lutheran. Why do they talk that way? Remain in my love. If you do remain in my love, my Father will listen to what you pray and ask. And if you don't remain in my love, and if you don't share this love among you, then God is going to turn his back and ignore your prayers and your pleas. What is the relationship between faith and love? And, and the answer may be spoken up from the back of your mind like, I know this, I got this. You know, we, we believe in Jesus and so we love. Belief comes first. And the love comes after. Oh yes. Of course. But that's getting us closer. What is the essence of Christianity? What is it about our faith that sets us apart? What is it about what we believe and teach and confess that makes, that makes us so very different from any other and every other effort to improve morality or to encourage Love. Two people side by side might be doing the exact same action, and actually the unbeliever might do a better job of whatever that love may be. And that unbeliever may have what appears to be more tools in his or her, to his or her tool belt. The, the guidelines and the principles and the practices to hold on to and to employ so that the loving action results. The analysis is run and the best and most loving course of action is the result. And the Christian, standing here and reading what John writes, hearing what Jesus says, and wondering, does Jesus really talk that way? Are we really comfortable 
or familiar with a Jesus who talks so highly about love and keeping God's commands and so little about faith, it seems. And look at your own life. You might say, well, Pastor, I was confirmed back in 1968, or fill in the blank. In Bob's case, it was, I think, 1949. And, Pastor, I've, I've known this stuff for a long time, and I could even recite some of, some of the first or second or third articles. And, Pastor, just look at the, what does this mean for the commandments. We should fear and love God that we don't do this, but we do that. And it looks like it starts to line up where the, the essence, the core of Christianity is our love. Jesus says that's what sets us apart, at least from a worldly viewpoint. And so I'd ask, consider your own life. Do we hold so tightly to the faith we confess and forget about the love that Jesus commands? What is the essence of Christianity? The answer is there at the beginning of, of 1 John chapter 4. And the answer is exactly what you thought it was. And it leaves us at exactly the same place. But as a Lutheran Christian, we do not overemphasize one or the other. Nor do we throw out the baby with the bathwater as though to say, well, the real problem, the real reason that people aren't loving or doing loving things more often and more regularly... The real reason is because they know that they've been forgiven, and they just shrug their shoulders and say, well, I would, but, you know, maybe tomorrow. There's no urgency to it. And some would say, well, and this has been the answer throughout history, some would say, well, maybe we just need to, to turn up the heat and say, are you really, truly a Christian if you don't do this, or if you continue to do that? The adverb Christianity, the really and truly, that you are only a true Christian if you do and act and speak in a certain fashion, which just lines us around to the same question, what is the essence of Christianity? And we begin, we begin to sweat just a little bit and wonder, do I have it right? Have I lived it correctly? And Jesus really makes me a little uncomfortable here. In other words, what's the relationship between what we believe and what we do, between faith and love? John says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from, they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And those false prophets... <laughs> sometimes walking around carrying a sign or, or landing in a fancy-schmancy jet plane, but more often than not, cloaked in ideas that, that look great and that sound ever more so practical. Many false prophets have gone out into the world, and so John encourages you and me, know what you believe, grab onto the essence of Christianity so that you don't lose out on everything else. Grab onto the vine if you want to remain a branch. This is what he says. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. Plain and simple. 
the Jesus Christ in the flesh. Obviously there we're talking about, you know, physical body, like flesh. And the Jesus that we worship, the Son of God, shares our humanity now and forever. From the moment his life began, through that miracle of the incarnation in the Virgin Mary, and through eternity. And if that sounds ever more so familiar, stop and consider it just one more minute. That God chose to walk this world with you and me, to be in all appearances just another human being, to to need sleep and to need to be fed, and to have emotion and cry and be angry. That God took on human flesh, and he keeps it forever. That when he rose from the dead to guarantee your forgiveness, it was a literal body. Like his friends were preparing to continue the funeral, aside from that one day off for the Sabbath. And that body came back alive. Actual body. The blood started circulating. The color came back to the cheeks. The lungs took a big, huge breath. And Jesus, cured from death, risen from death, was alive. All for you. This Jesus Christ in the flesh took on human flesh to save you. To wash your human flesh free from the stain of sin. And yeah, the way he does that still is through that dry cleaner called death. But he promises, dear friend, he says, I call you friends. Dear friend, you will be raised to life and live forever with me. And so, what is the essence of Christianity? It's this Jesus Christ in the flesh, where Christians today, the one thing we're looking forward to, yeah, obviously, is going to heaven, but that's just the interim, until that final day when the dust of our bodies will be rejoined with the eternal soul that God created and live forever with God in heaven. Eternal in the sense that God used your parents to create your soul when he made your life, and that soul will live on forever. And God wants you, at the end of time, after Judgment Day, to remain with him body and soul in heaven. The essence of Christianity. A God who took on flesh to redeem those who were born of flesh so that they would live forever in purified flesh with him. Jesus. Sins forgiven through him. So what's the role of love? All that talk about love one another. This is how people will know that you're my disciples if you follow my commands. Remain in my commands. Hold on to them and you'll remain in my love. And what we really see is that if we know what God demands and we ignore it, we're denying our Savior. But he says, if you know what God commands and you hold on to it, that keeps you kind of, you know, at least in the safe zone. This Jesus Christ, the essence of Christianity who bought you, now says that the natural result of having been purchased by the blood of the Son of God, literally, the natural result of all that means love for one another. And you recognize that even within yourself, that relief, 
my Lord loved me that much to give his life for me. That love for God reflected back and among Christians. Love for each other. That we here share a fellowship that transcends time and space. That the people you sit with here, you love them so much that you want to stand next to them in heaven. Not just singing the hymns of Martin Luther, but echoing the eternal song of all the righteous. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. The essence of Christianity. Jesus for us. The natural result of Christianity. Jesus acting through us. Jesus loving, making himself known by the love among us. And so John says, hold on to the truth. It's not just some some matter of interpretation that some things don't matter and some things do. John says, hold on to the truth because the spirit of the Antichrist will try to try to rip this Jesus away from you in ways that that sound really nice and even sound loving. John says, do not be deceived, but test the spirits. Test them. Know what you believe and compare what they say to what the Word of God says. Because then, then you will know that you have found this Jesus. That you have had this essence, this truth of Christianity entrusted to your hands. And after holding that, the only thing that we can do is look up to each other, to the world around us, and say, Lord, teach me how to love. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with verses 6 and 7 of our hymn.
today we include a prayer on behalf of Roger and Charlene Mickey who were injured in a rollover crash down in Iowa. Please rise. Gracious Father, in your wisdom you have permitted your servants Roger and Charlene Mickey to be injured in an accident. We thank you for preserving them and making their injuries minor, while we understand that any injury, especially of this sort, is always reason for caution. While we do not fully understand your purpose in allowing this to take place, we are assured by your word that in all things you work for the good of your children. We thank you for sparing their lives and pray that you would permit them to recover fully from their injuries and quickly. Yet grant them both patience and a faith that humbly and thankfully submits to your will and direction each day for the sake of Jesus our Savior, who also taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We continue with the sacrament as found on page 21. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, and we praise you especially for the glorious resurrection of your Son, the true Passover Lamb, who by his sacrifice took away the sins of the world, and by his resurrection restored everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given into death for the forgiveness of all of his sin. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given into death for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given to death for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Take and drink. Now may this true body and blood of our Savior strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until the life everlasting. Be part of peace with God, sins forgiven. Amen.
shed for you. Now may this true body and blood of our Savior strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until the life everlasting. For at least with God, sins forgiven. Body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given to be Continue with the song of singing as found on page 24. Please rise. Forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by our Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace.
Jerusalem, the Thanks for listening to Green Pastures with Jesus, the audio home of Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church of Fairmont, Minnesota. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our website, www.shepherdofthelakes.net. Pass that along to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section at our website for previous podcasts. You can find us 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at 323 East 1st Street in Fairmont, just up the hill from Richard's Towing. Any questions, contact me, Pastor Hagen, 507-236-9572. God bless your day. God bless beyond compare.